0: they wish and they wish and they wish and they, wishing, they wishing on me Yeah I've been moving calm, don't no start no trouble with me Trying to keep it peaceful is a struggle for me Don't pull up at 6am to cuddle with me You know how I like it when you loving on me I don't want to die for them to miss me I see the things that they wish
1: What's on going me. on? Welcome so to the All-American Chelsea Podcast maybe. I am the they captain, the, story, the leader, the legend Of God's all plan. things you God's see All-American Chelsea, what's I going on? I'm it's old. your boy Christian coming back again to you Live from like beautiful I Miami, Florida West In the good old U.S. of Michael A And G-O-D. if you can't tell from my voice Your boy is fucking hot make sure that Hype right now. Oh still, my god, what an amazing sports weekend for the kings.
0: It's a lot of bad things that they were. the Miami Dolphins just beat and for
1: those of you know know who me. don't follow the NFL Um who live abroad outside of the United States. The Miami Dolphins uh, just played the New England Patriots at wish home wish wish um here in Miami you know. and I'm watching. I'm doing the podcast uh, Today's episode she of the podcast say, I Is
0: with I only The, the, the homie Simon Phillips And my mom, I'm, and sorry. 50 yeah, I'm doing
1: the podcast it, it During the game and, the and so I have the TV on, on mute And I'm just checking up with the score From time to time and I see it's a close game Whatever, I'm talking to Simon So the podcast ends And the interview ends, I should say, and so he and I are chit-chatting, bullshitting on on Skype, and I'm like, oh, as we're having the conversation, all of this, you guys won't hear the, the end of it. This is after the interview, and I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, well, the Miami Dolphins are going to beat the, the lose to the Patriots. It's seven seconds left in the game. We're going to lose. The ball's at the 30-yard line. There's no way we're going to make it. It's going to be a bunch of flea flickers, and that's the end of that. Like in all m- most situations where it ends um, on flea flickers, the game ends on a loss. But the play starts, the ball starts, you know, going upfield. Pitch back, pitch back. Kenyon Drake gets it, takes off, and scores a touchdown. While I'm on Skype with Simon Phillips, and I'm losing my shit. I'm going ah! screaming. Poor Simon's on the other end. He's got to cover his ears. He doesn't know me like that. And I'm fucking losing my shit over here. What an amazing weekend of sports. The Miami Dolphins won. Chelsea motherfucking FC. And I'm sorry today. I'm breaking the fuck meter. I'm just spitting it out because I'm so hype. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I wear my heart on my chest. And I cannot, I cannot, I cannot hold back. I'm an emotional dude. And damn it. Did we play great against Manchester City? I told you guys weeks ago, months ago, we have nothing to fear when it comes to Manchester City. We have nothing to fear. Every single week, all I ask from my teams, from any sports team that I follow, make me believe that we are the best in the world. Make me believe, make me believe that we can go up against anybody Anybody and come out the victors. And I believe that. I believe that when it comes to Chelsea. I believe that any single time we step on the pitch versus anybody, that we have a chance for victory. And I have zero facts. Zero facts to, to, to make me feel that way when it came up to Manchester City. They've been playing phenomenal. They've been playing great. But I believe that we could get the job done. I absolutely believed it. And sure enough, we won the game 2 0. A goal from Angolo Conte. And let's take a moment to talk about Angolo Conte. Let's take a second. I'm telling you guys right now Angolo Conte can hand in a transfer request and demand to go to Tottenham Hotspur. And I wouldn't hate the man. I would love and support him still. I love Angolo Conte. I've never, and I said it during my podcast, during the podcast to Simon, I've never wanted a random stranger. And Golo Conte is a random stranger. He's a, I've never met the man before. I probably will never meet the man. But I've never had somebody that I've wanted to do so well and be a stranger. I want the world for N'Golo Conte. I want him to, after he's done playing football, to go on and become the prime minister, the president, the king of whatever, whatever you want. Of France, of the world, of anything. Whatever he wants, whatever his goals are, I want that man to succeed in. God damn it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew we were going to beat Manchester City. I knew it. That was the first goal. And from this first goal, you could see the boys, the confidence. If You could see their chest sticking out. They, they on that day, were not going to be beat by Manchester City. The second goal by, by David Luiz, a man that's been getting all kinds of shit online for his play. And, and you know what? And he would be the first one to say that his form has dipped. But when the time came to be a big player... In a big game, in a big moment, the man stepped up. The same thing with Cesar Espelicueta. The whole team stepped up. Not so much for Marcus Alonso. We got to talk about Marcus Alonso because it's getting to the point now where we can't, we can't have this anymore. What does Emerson got to do? What the fuck does Emerson got to do to get on the field? So I talked to Simon about that. But anyways, back to the hype. Oh, yes. What a great game. What a great game. And the first thing I did, I fired off a tweet to Alex Goldberg. I know Alex Goldberg's out there. Huge Boston fan, a Patriots fan. I've seen him with the sweater. Alex, where you at? Tom Brady couldn't cheat his way to victory today, Alex. You hear me, Alex? Where you at? Where are you Alex? Where are you? Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. Alex, what's up? Shout out to the homie, to my brother Alex Goldberg. He'll be making his his uh, appearance on the podcast and I'll bring it up to him. I'll call his ass out on it. I'll remind him. I'll rub it in his face. You hear me Alex? Just know when you're on the podcast, I'm going to rub today in your face. In your f- face woo! i'm hyped last night we also had the ufc max bless holloway put on a masterpiece a masterful performance against brian tcd ortega and i just have one question for brian ortega two questions one are you okay two what the hell is your head made out of is it made out of cement because there's no way your head is made out of bone and muscle and brain and all the whatever the materials that go up that go into b- building a human head. There's no way your head is built out of the same shit my head is made out of, because this man put put, put on a warrior's performance for four rounds. He got lit up, lit up, and don't get me wrong, there was times in that fight. Where I thought Brian was gonna get Max out out of there, he he fought his ass off, but in the end, Max Holloway put on a masterpiece, masterpiece. Then we have Valentina Shevchenko versus my girl Joanna Janjacek. and I don't care. I will forever be a Joanna Janjacek fan. I've met the I've met her before in real life, and I she couldn't have been nicer to me. Um, I will forever be a fan. Also on the card, uh, Claudia Gudelia, another love of my life. Um, I absolutely love Claudia Gudelia. Gadel- oh my god, oh my god, I would leave my wife in an instant, instant for Claudia. Okay, let's talk. Let's talk. Here are the women that I would leave my wife for. And my wife knows this, so this is not a secret. This is not a secret. Okay. These are the women that I would leave my wife for if I got... I'd leave my DMs wide open for this. In hopes that one day one of these women would slide into my DMs. Slide into my DMs. Claudia Gadelia. Oh, f- f- fuck that. The top 10 UFC uh, strawweights. 115ers with the exception of Carlos Esparza and uh, Suarez. Please don't slide into my DMs. The rest of them. Slide into my DMs. I'd leave my wife for for you. Amber Rose. Amber Rose. Amber Rose. Oh, my God. Amber Rose. To me, in my opinion, there's no woman better than Amber Rose. I love Amber Rose. Amber Rose, if you're listening to this podcast right now, I have an engagement ring waiting for you. I will marry you. i would give you whatever you want. Except money. I don't have too much of that. Don't have too much money. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Anything else? Whatever you want. I got you. Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? else? I'm not a big fan of Kim Kardashian. Sometimes she's pretty and other times, most of the time she's not. I don't know what's going on with her. Wanda Cardi. Wanda Cardi. I love you, I love you, Wanda Cardi. Oh my God, I would leave my wife in a split second for Wanda Cardi again. Wanda, I don't, I don't have the bank account. They'll be required to maintain your lifestyle, but I promise you, I will hustle and work my ass off to get that for you. Who else? Marco Ancevich's wife. Or girlfriend, whoever she is, she can get it. She can get it. I have a thing for that woman. Oh my god, so many others. I think I, if I had to make the list, the list is about twenty five women strong. That I that if they came, they came a knocking. I it would be hard for me to turn them down. Hard for me to turn them down. Whoa. I can't help it. This is who I am. This is who I am. So, without further ado, this is not the All-American Who-Do-You-Want-Sliding-Into-Your-DM's podcast. This is not the All-American NFL podcast or UFC podcast. This is the All-American Chelsea podcast. And what we do here is talk Chelsea. So, today on this episode of the podcast, I had to... Not I had to, but more so, not, not that I had to, meaning that I was in control of it. I was lucky enough, fortunate enough to interview the homie Simon Phillips, somebody who I respect at work, somebody who, who knows the ins and outs of the organization, who has their ear to the ground. Um, one of the guys who, in my opinion, are top five Chelsea reporters, um, you got Matt Law, I'm more than happy to uh, to divulge this information because I don't think Matt would be uh, would be opposed or have a problem with me saying it. I reached out to Matt Law and Matt Law and I have conversations. Um, I asked him if he would appear on the podcast and he said no because it would be a conflict of interest. However, he couldn't be more of a gentleman and he continues to be nothing but an absolute professional and a gentleman to me. Um so shout out to Matt Law. You got Simon Johnson and then you got Simon Phillips, in my opinion. Somebody and, and, and this is not a shot to any other journalists or reporters um out there. This is not a shot uh or me dissing them or making no this is just my rankings, my listing on who I um, is in the top 5 and there's others in the top 5 as well but definitely Simon Phillips without question is in my top 5 he might not be in your top 5 but he's definitely in my top 5 so Simon comes on the podcast and we break down um, Manchester City our victory and we also break down uh, the transfer window and we break down more or less I asked him questions in regards to the behind the scenes of Chelsea What what's going on behind the scenes i i didn't need any details as far as who's saying what and you know and what they're saying but more so what's the temperature what's the vibe around the grounds what's the outlook what's the future of this club based off of what you're hearing based off of what you're seeing um i i this podcast i i let them know right from the rip right from jump this podcast is not a podcast where we break information i don't want that um the reason I don't want that is because to get that information you have to be you have to be in the circle within the know and you have to have that trust. Um and once you have that information you're you're kind of tied to who gave it to you. You're loyal to who gave it to you. Um and I want to and and not to say that I'm disloyal, but I want to always be in the position where I can sp- speak my mind freely I can always speak my mind on the club I never want to be tied to the club it would be an honor to be tied to the club like a mat law but Matt law sits in a position where he is sort of kind of um an employee for the club and I don't want to speak um out of my ass I don't want to say anything that's wrong I don't want to speak out of school but from my understanding he's sort of kind of um tied to the club so he can't necessarily give at at least in my opinion he can't say whatever the fuck he wants to say like i can you know what i'm saying like there's a contrast there's a difference between two i can say whatever fuck i want why because the club i'm nobody the club doesn't know i exist the club it doesn't own me. doesn't doesn't I, I have nothing. i'm 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 just a fan. So I get to speak from a from a place that's free. I can say whatever the hell I want. If I'm paid by the club, if i if I get information from those from deep within the club, I have to protect now I have to protect their interests as well. So I can't necessarily say things that would challenge. Um, that standing within my standing within the club. You know what I'm saying? Let's say, for example, I have a a source deep within the club deep. We're talking like Marina level, somebody that knows exactly what's going on in the board and they tell me ABC and D. Then I come on the podcast. I can't necessarily tell you guys ABC or D and comment on it because I don't want to piss off my source. So Now I can't speak as freely as I can. Which, again, I would love to be in the position. I hope to be in the position. I will be in the position one day to have those type of contacts, those type of sources within the club. However, I never want to be tied. I never want to be in a position where I can't say whatever the hell I want to say. That's why this podcast, I will always curse on this podcast. I will always do whatever the hell I want. This is my show. So... Um went on a little bit of a rant there, a little bit of a of a I don't know what the hell that is, but I did it. There it is. My fucking show. Kiss my ass. So here's the interview with the homie Simon Phillips. And again, big shout out to Simon Phillips. I'm still hype. I'm still watching the 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 highlights of the game. Miami Dolphins 34. New England Patriots three. Chelsea football club two. Manchester City zero. We currently sit the live table standings do, 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 do. pull up the app uh, table we currently sit fourth two points behind Tottenham who sit oh, Fuck. five points behind Manchester City and Liverpool is one point ahead of Manchester City at the top of the league um we are tied with Arsenal but we are ahead of arsenal in the goal and uh, goal differential. So we're looking good. We're looking good. If only we could have uh, beat wolves. Fuck, oh, those are big 3 points. If we would have beat wolves, we'd be one point ahead. We'd be 37. We'd be four points behind Manchester City. But it is what it is, man. It is what it is. All I want for this season is to finish top four, win a major trophy, sign Ed and Hazard, establish sorry ball um, for the future. So that's it. Here's the interview with the homie Simon Phillips. I will talk to you guys at the end of the interview. All right. What's going on, everybody? I am with Simon T. Phillips, and the T stands for That's Motherfucking Right Phillips. Simon, what's going on, my man?
2: What's going on, guys? It's it's good to be here. Really great to be here.
1: I um, Simon, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, I'm gonna be very honest with you and the billions of listeners around the world. I've been uh looking forward to this interview. Um, yourself, Nini, uh, Joe Tweedy that I've had on the podcast. You guys, uh, you know, Brandon Busby. Uh, KB, actual people that, that that have insight and knowledge, not as a supporter, that you know what's going on behind the scenes. You have had the peek behind the curtain. And I've been looking forward yep. to this podcast, my friend. I, I, I can't lie to you. I, I'm so hyped, so hyped. So the first question I need to ask you and get it out of the way. Go on. Is it true that you have the best spaghetti and meatballs this side? Well, in that side of the UK, I've heard rumors on the streets, man. I've heard rumors that you have a mean spaghetti and meatball, that you are an excellent breakdancer, and that you can spit a hot 16 bars.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know where you've got that from at all, man, because that's not true. That is not true
1: uh simon i see what you're doing here my man A (laughs) man of your position does not fall easily for traps you're keeping it close to the chest all right my man it's it's
2: it's fake news man
1: it's fake news fake news simon when you say it's fake news are you doing the fingers are you pinching your fingers together are you you know you're pointing you're doing the hand gestures is your tie long like incredibly long as you say fake news
2: all of that all of that man every time i every time i put transfer news on on my twitter page it's literally I, I think i can go through and count the amount of fake news comments i get on every single transfer post it's it's hilarious man it's funny
1: well simon um i i definitely i want to do all right so for for my listeners this is what how i want um obviously we had a massive match yesterday simon were you at the bridge yesterday
2: no i wasn't no <sighs> bitch I know. I know. That would have. Been I, I could have. I could have pretended that I was at the bridge, but you know that that would also be fake news. So we're gonna keep this real. <laughs>
1: he's a man of integrity. He says he's not yeah. gonna lie to you.
2: That's All it.
1: Right. So, um, we're gonna be doing match review. I want to get your perspective on the match. I wanna. I wanna see. I wanna pick your brain on 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 what you thought. The match was uh, how the match was going to go before yesterday and then how you feel about the match after yesterday. And then I want to get a little bit. I don't like doing to be honest, transfer season is my favorite season of all. I I don't like actual signings. I like the buildup to signings. I love for me, the best, the best was the 24 hours when Messi liked Chelsea on Instagram <laughs> and followed Chelsea that was yeah. my favorite the f- amount yeah. of phone calls I, is Ch- I'm I'm one of the you know in my circle of friends nobody else likes Chelsea I have a few other friends that like Chelsea but it, I'm 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 unique in 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 that
2: okay okay so
1: I was getting phone calls and text Messi is he going to Chelsea is he going to Chelsea for those 24 hours the thought it was my favorite Knowing damn yeah. well he's not going to Chelsea, yeah. yeah but it yeah. was my favorite, so I don't necessarily want to get into hardcore transfers. But I have to ask you those questions because you definitely have more of an insight than me, and I trust your information. So, cool. please don't. And and also too, this podcast will never. I don't want to break any news, so please don't don't feel the need to to break any news on here. Just yeah. You know, we'll 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 play it by ear. We'll see how it goes. So
2: I, I don't I don't have any exclusives, man. Anyway, I'll, I'll say that now. I have no exclusives. Okay. I'm not going to claim to claim to be that guy.
1: Okay, okay. But I, all right, we'll we'll play it by ear. All right. Yeah, Dope. yeah. I for one, I'm I'm standing on the mountaintops here, and it is, and this is one thing that I love about doing this podcast. I know for a fact that when I spoke to Louie, from Luis Beneventi from 100% Chelsea said on there that we have nothing to fear December 8th we're going to beat City's ass I know I said that and if I didn't say it I said I said it in not so few words or in in similar words but I knew that we were going to turn up against City between me and you I love talking from the deepest darkest corners of my ass I had no facts (laughs) or data to support that yeah. view. However, I'm a fan. I, I, I believe that Chelsea can be anybody on any yeah. given day. And that's what yeah, yeah. I want. That feeling that I, our team can win any given day. Yeah. How did you feel leading up to the match?
2: Well, to be honest, my, my initial feeling was that obviously after the last two results, Two defeats, Tottenham and Wolves. I I thought like everybody else. I thought Man City are going to come come to the bridge. They're going to absolutely humiliate us. And I and I thought the worst, like like all other Chelsea fans were thinking. But but at the same time, I I had similar feelings to what you had. I, I mean, I even tweeted it on Saturday. I said that you know no doubt that I will be crying into my mold wine later on this evening but I have that feeling that feeling and it doesn't happen very often it's kind of weird to weird to describe it but being a Chelsea fan I always know that these if if we go down and we you know we we lose two games in a row I always know that that next game it could it could go either way and I had a feeling we'd beat city I really did I had a strong feeling that we'd beat city and I tweeted it and obviously when we did beat city i i re- i retweeted the hell out of that one because <laughs> you know it's 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 a gut feeling I think I'm not I'm not a spiritual person but it's a gut feeling that I had that that we would that we would win yesterday you know and it and it came through
1: i i uh I definitely can um relate to that feeling I didn't have I didn't have any facts I didn't have a tactical like I'm not I'm not I'm not meanie where I'm sitting down with the match. I've watched the match 50 times and I'm breaking down and I say, you know what, we can exploit this weakness, we can exploit that weakness. I yeah. just I, I have friends that are city supporters, so I watch their games leading up to it, and and it wasn't necessarily a belief that or of uh, seeing something in city It was more so a belief in us, in Chelsea, that we would turn up and we we would beat that ass. So, during the match, how did you feel? And this was a huge talking point in uh, Sarri's pre-match press conference. Mm -hmm. The very infamous lines where he said, I don't, and I'm paraphrasing here, that he didn't he doesn't know how to beat uh, pep guardiola that he hasn't done it um in all the times that he he, that that he's faced him so that's not the greatest question how did you feel about uh when he said that
2: well i think um to be honest i took that a lot different to how some people took it i think i i took that as a joke and his way of of just deflecting the question because you know he has this record. He's never beaten Guardiola. He's he's good friends with Guardiola, and you know he's got to face him again off the back of of losing two matches. So he's you know he's destined to lose. So I think he he was playing to the media's questions, in my opinion, and it was kind of his uh, tongue in cheek response, if you like. Um, it wasn't a serious response. It was it was definitely more of a jokey response, and a lot of people took it in the wrong way. Um, you know, they said, "Oh, we've he's, he's defeatist. He's already said we're not going to win." You know, the players don't want to be hearing that and this, that, and the other. And I, and I just thought that's that's bullshit, man. Like he, he's joking. He's he's joking. He's playing along with the with the media's questions at the end of the day. And and I think it might have been not the right response. But instead of turning around and saying, "Yeah, we we've got every chance of beating City tomorrow," I think it was more of a, a realism and and a joke. But I wasn't. I wasn't upset with with his response at all. Like a lot of people were, um, you know. It's. It's. I, I appreciate his honesty as well in interviews. It's, it's been a um, like a breath of fresh air with a lot of his responses to questions. And I put it down to that again. Yesterday, I, I have no worries with him saying things like that in in pre matches. It doesn't. It doesn't bode on me at all.
1: Yeah, I, I um. I, I enjoy his press conferences. I really do. Um I can't stop noticing that Maurizio Sarri, and this is just one of my quirks. I'm just weird about that, that I notice little things that he has the itchiest nose on the history <laughs> in the history of human beings. No, I've never seen anybody scratch their nose. Not pick their nose and, but scratch yeah. There are no he does yeah, yeah. the Maurizio sorry I've never I, I've never seen anything like it and now yeah, once I yeah. once I picked it up I can't not stop stop seeing
2: it. You, you know I've never seen it I've not ever seen anyone mention that until until right now but it's so obvious isn't it he does do it he does do it it's not like he's he's sat there picking bogeys out of his nose he's just literally scratching the inside of his nostril. it's,
1: I, I don't, it's surreal I
2: don't, isn't it I don't is remember. it is it like a nerve thing do you think a nervous thing
1: I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I, I don't want to speculate. I don't want to. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything. Yeah. But it, it's just like, what the hell is going on, bro? Like, yeah. can we Do something about. Do you need some lotion? What? What can we do to to help you, bro? Because I I feel like I feel like he's suffering.
2: Oh, um, <laughs> oh! You can't say that word. You can't say suffering. I know. I know. That's, that's, that's a, trick. a banned word. That's true.
1: <laughs> right now, right now, there are people listening uh, to this podcast, and they are shaking, like like the like yeah. the GIF or the JIF of uh, <laughs> what was the dude from H three H three where it says triggered or KSI, where they're shaking in their chairs. So, yeah. <laughs> so, but I I, I think. All of his press conferences, I've enjoyed them all, even from the first one. I yeah. see a man, and the things that he says. Like first, um, it's always it, it, I, I do find it weird that people look into too much what any manager says when they're in, when English is their second language.
2: Like, of course,
1: you know what I'm saying. Like, like, yeah, sorry, speaks english way better than i speak italian so yeah yeah. there's some things and as somebody that speaks two languages there's just some things that that you say that doesn't translate when i when i'm speaking spanish and i have a very 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 good handle spanish spanish was my first language yeah there's just some things in english that don't translate to spanish in my mind i'm thinking spanish uh, english and i'm talking spanish and just some things don't translate so like yeah yeah so a lot of the things he, I would assume that some of the things he says doesn't translate a hundred percent, but he gets he gets the idea across. When he wants to be humorous, he's humorous. When he doesn't, he doesn't. Yeah. Um. So I, I didn't take any issue with that. I, I was, I'm like, all right, whatever. It is what it is. Like you know, like, but we still got to play the game. So yeah. Before the match. Everybody was melting down, and then we can get into this in in, in the transfers as well. Melting down about Alonzo before the season. I, I've I've from preseason I've said Emerson should be starting, but you know Alonzo had his his run of games where yeah. I was like, especially right around the time where Sorry said that he could be the left the best left back in the world. I'm like, oh shit, maybe he knows something I don't. Yeah, um, but I've always been Alonzo out, Emerson in, um, William. I've been willing out. I, I can't. I don't even know when I started willing out. That's how long I've been willing out. Yeah. Um, Morata. Morata is another one. Uh, so, before the match, what I'm trying to get at is before the match, what were you thinking on how you would set up the club, uh, set up the squad to face City, and then what were you thinking along the lines of what was sorry, how sorry was gonna attack City?
2: Well, I think I was expecting Sari to go with with exactly the same eleven that he's gone with all season because he believes in his own system. He believes in his own. It seems that he seems to have his favourites in terms of players. He seems to prefer the senior players. Your Alonzo's, your Williams. He they always seem to start for him, and I and I was expecting him to to you know to go with the same system and the lineup that we've seen all all year so far. Um, and when I saw that Hazard was starting, you know, in in the false nine, I was quite surprised. But I thought it was a good move, um, and it obviously it obviously ended up proving it was a good move. But I was expecting Emerson to start, um, as like you say, in, in my opinion, Emerson is is a better suit to Sari's football. Um, but then it was interesting to see the comments that, that Sari said about Alonso's height um, and him being a, a threat in set pieces and also uh, defending set pieces, he seems to want to have that emphasis on height as well. And I think that this is obviously going off to a different story altogether, but I think that's why Ampadu, Ethan Ampadu is not getting much of a look in because c- of his height for a centre-back. Um, Sorry, seems to have that emphasis on having tall players in there, uh, defending free kicks and attacking free kicks. And obviously it proved yesterday with, with David Luiz scoring a header. Um, he does look to that side of the game as well, um, which which is another interesting tactic to have, seeing as he likes the ball on the floor mainly. He likes to pass it. He likes to attack. Um, people always talk about him not having a plan B, but maybe maybe he does have a plan B. Maybe he, his plan B is looking at height and having those big players in and around the defending areas and the attacking areas. And it is interesting. It's, it's a good asset to have. But even still, I think Emerson suits Sari's style of play much better. Um, he gets forward a lot, a lot better. He's quicker. He's better on the ball. Um, defensively, he's obviously got the same weaknesses as Alonso. But I think he just offers that bit, that bit extra when he's linking up with Hazard down the left. Um, and you mentioned Willian. Um, my opinion on Willian is the same as yours, and a lot of people. I don't know how he still keeps starting. Um, I'd go with Hudson odoi over William to be honest, but that's you know that's an e- extreme opinion. But Pedro is, is a much better option than William, but he uses him. Um, he obviously sees something in him. Um, he's better on the left. I'll give him credit for that. He's always much better on the left, and, and he was more of a threat cutting in from the left against City. He had a, he had a a fairly good game. Yesterday, but still, you know, I think Hazard has a false nine, Hudson Odoi on the left, Pedro on the right. That's my ideal attacking three. I don't know if you agree with that.
1: It's ballsy. It's ballsy yeah. putting uh, starting Hudson Odoi. I um, yeah. I I I just don't understand William. I I really don't. I especially Simon is the Barcelona offered what it was that true was that an actual thing or is that one something that you know how these things happen where a reporter suggested that I was the agent but was their communication legit concrete communication between both clubs
2: barcelona wanted and still want william still that's yeah that's that's a fact yeah
1: Wait, wait, wait! Timeout, timeout, timeout.
2: <laughs> Barcelona. I said, I said no exclusives, but but that's not even an exclusive. That's not an exclusive. No, that's, that's, that's that's general exclusive. knowledge. Yeah. yeah. I
1: even still how, but for what? I mean, do, yeah. far be it for me to say no to Barcelona. Listen, I will walk, walk from Miami, Florida to London to pick up William's ass and take and walk him or drive him, fly him, do whatever I got to do to Barcelona, grab the check and take it back to Chelsea. That's how yep. passionate and serious I am that he needs to move on. But yep. still even what what so could it be a thing that we're just not seeing how how to properly use what, what is what are
2: it's okay. William is it, William is like Marmite, in my opinion. You either love him or you hate him. And there's a lot of Chelsea fans that are split 50-50. Um, if you see a lot of Chelsea fans that go to matches, for example, they love him. Um But my my quarrel with that is they 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 like his attitude and his work rate, but my quarrel with that is. If that was any other player that that did the whole photo thing with with Conte last season when he blurred him out with a smiley face, um, if that was any other player, they would be they would be gunning for him, and they would be saying that that's bang out of order. You know, we all knew that Conte's reign was up, and his he was very unprofessional at the end of the season. But but what what Wellian did with blurring out his picture of a manager that's just that's just disrespectful, and that's that's not a good mentality in my opinion for someone in a club. He also Wanted to leave at the end of last season. He he wanted out of Chelsea Football Club. Uh, I know that publicly he said that that's not true, but he wanted to leave, especially when Conte was in charge. And and he seemed he seemed to change his opinion on that when when Sari took over, and he was happy to stay. But he he wanted out of the club. But you've still got these hardcore supporters that are hundred percent behind him, thinking that he's. His work rate is amazing, he's got this elite mentality, which he doesn't. He blatantly doesn't. And I don't understand how any of these match going fans can't see that. It's not there. His mentality is weak, in my opinion.
1: Damn. Um I to be honest with you, I really I I didn't really care that he blurred out Conte's picture. Um, it it did because I also and I have nothing, I'm not a player. I also knew that Conte was not gonna be there. You don't, William, doing that, there's one, it's it's A or B. He drew a line in the sand, either he goes or I go. This picture is either going to kick me out of the club, or if I stay, he's not here. So, either way, there's no repercussion. Like, he, William, did that from a safe space. He knew that either way, he was good. So, I, I. I personally it it didn't that that was I felt like that that's a problem between them that has nothing to do with me, um. But I I just find it shocking that that William would still be wanted. I can't understand. Maybe a mid table club, maybe but Barcelona. I I just I don't see it. I don't see it. I've always, um, I've always said it, and it's funny. I play uh I play two times a week six on six with a group of friends, and they um. A portion of them are don't watch the Premier League. They only watch uh, big Champions League games, and they watch um, Serie A. And after that Barcelona game, they were like, "Oh, Willian, he's just as good as Hazard. He's amazing. You guys have a great player." Yeah. I said, "Hold on, pump your brakes. Like, first of all, we yeah. gotta understand what Willian is. That he has four to five games where he gives you this impression that he is." a thousand times better than what he is. Yeah. That Barcelona game was one of those games where he does that. He, this is not all the time where he plays like this. I can assure you of that. Yeah. Um, so I ask you a question was yesterday, one of those four to five amazing William games.
2: You know, I I think he was good, but I don't think he was amazing yesterday. He, he definitely, he's better on the left. Like I've always said that. I mean, I, I don't, I don't rate William because I can't rate a player who is, is that inconsistent. Like he can be magnificent in one game. And like you say, the next game awful and not in it. And his head drops, his mentality's gone. He gives up basically. And I cannot rate a player who is that inconsistent. And I know a lot of people say that, you know, inconsistency is a problem with most players, but for, for William to jump and, and, be amazing in one game and and to be so different the next and he's been like it his whole career I can't I can't ever rate a player like that but yes yeah yesterday he was better but I think that's because um Mm. the way we played in the second half it it very much suited how he plays but he seems he's poor when when we go down one nil or two nil that's when that's when you see the worst of Woody and he, he gives up and he has that weak mentality that I touched on earlier yeah, which the, the the Chelsea fans don't seem to see that, but he, he does, and he's one of them players. Like David Luiz does it as well, um, which people seem to miss on. Like as soon as you know it's it's going against the grain, or or we're not doing well in a match, they're the first people to drop out. The first you know they're they're the they're the soldiers that who you wouldn't want in your trenches. They're they're the first soldiers to back back down and they'll and retreat. And and William William to me is that kind of player and. That's why I'll never rate him. Yeah, You know, I, I, he's, he's got the quality, he's got the skill. We've all seen that, but I can't rate a player who's that inconsistent.
1: Hmm. Do you think there is something uh, to this, him not crossing it uh, or passing it to open players like uh, we saw, but he must be, but I mean, it, it hasn't been confirmed. Only William can confirm this, but yeah. is there something to this, uh, him not passing it to open players and him pressing for the goal himself?
2: Uh, I think he just doesn't get his head up, mate, to be honest, honestly. <laughs> I, think, I don't think that's like a sulky thing. I, I genuinely just think he, he doesn't have he, the footballing brain to get his head up and, and see the players arriving. Like, like Hazard did beautifully yesterday when he, he, he held the ball for that split second and Kante was arriving. If he didn't and he tried to do like William would have done and shot or whatever then we wouldn't have got that goal yesterday. But Hazard waited perfectly for Kante, saw him in the corner of the eye, saw him arriving and played the pass, and we got the goal. But Willian wouldn't have done that because he he just doesn't have the same footballing brain. You know, he's... I don't know. I don't know why, but I don't think it's a sulky thing, in my opinion.
1: All right. Well, you brought the man's name up. Edin Hazard. God damn it. that He... He is the most important everybody knows how I feel about Eden Hazard. Um he's not my favorite player on this team. My favorite player I is Ngolo Conte.
2: Yeah.
1: Eden Hazard is my second favorite player. I put it on Twitter today. Yeah. Ngolo Conte this is how I feel so like like I've never wanted a human being to do as well like. A perfect stranger, a stranger at that. I should say, yeah. I've never wanted a stranger to do better in their life than I want in Golo Conte. Like I, I want this man. I he's such a good person. Like he's my favorite player, but Eden yeah. Hazard is my second favorite player on the on the squad, and he has been for a minute.
2: Okay. God
1: damn it! Like it, it sucks when you when he's playing striker, but no matter where you put him, you could you put him anywhere on the pitch and he is making an impact however yeah. which way he can. How, how did you rate his performance yesterday?
2: Well, I think um, second half, he was obviously much better than the first half. But I think th- with Hazard playing as a false nine, I think I'm, I'm very divided. I'm very 50-50 at the minute. I think the reasons that I'm for it is because Hazard, whenever he plays, he gets heavily marked and if he's going to play centrally and he's heavily marked you'll find that you've got two free defenders that are marking him and if he's intelligent with that which he normally is he'll draw them out of position and open up a gap in the middle which is obviously as you and I know is very very dangerous rather mm-hmm. than opening up a gap on 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 the wings um so i think i think hazard could be very very good in the false nine but he's got to learn the position a little bit more under Sarri. Um, but I think, I definitely think it's, it's like an untapped territory that that could be a real, especially the fact that Murata and Giroud are both not, not doing it there. I think Hazard there, um, it could, it could be our secret weapon at the minute and it could be that little, um, that little push that we're looking for in that area, but he's got to learn it a bit more. Um, As I say, I'm 50-50 with him playing there at the minute, but I can definitely see the strengths of him playing there.
1: Did you see uh, what Pep said about him playing as the number nine yesterday?
2: What did Pep say?
1: All right, so here's a quote. It says, Hazard is one of the best in the world, and Starry played him at the number nine spot because unlike Pedro and William, he doesn't block the channels. William and Pedro are great at tracking back and blocking channels. Hazard at yeah. number nine gives Chelsea better defensive stability.
2: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I, I
1: just, I mean, if Pep's saying it, like, who am I to question Pep? It's just like, <laughs> yeah. like, but I just don't want Hazard playing there. I want a striker playing there. Yeah. And I mean, and you're gonna be able to touch on this. What the hell is going on with our striking position? Our striker position. I'm here. I'm seeing. I'm seeing reports, and I'm I'm sure you you're closer to the ground uh, than I am when it comes to this. But I'm starting to hear reports that Morata's going on loan in January. Um, if Morata goes on loan in January, we we, we gotta bring somebody in. Um, I haven't seen us recently uh, linked to any names um, for January. I know that you know mm-hmm. there's the Anautovich and the uh Ecardi's which I, I both I want them both um to come to the club only because more so I should say one they help out the striker position but two I'm 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 big fan of uh, of their ladies I have a massive crush on Wanda Cardi <laughs> Oh my god Wanda Cardi I
2: love his you His agent as well right His agent His agent Yeah I love
1: me some Wanda Cardi and a an notorious <laughs> lady I don't know, Marco. Don't bring her around me. I'm Mr. Steel <laughs> Your Girl. Mm. I love me. I love them, but we can't lose. We can't send out a striker without bringing one in. What are some of the? Uh, what are you hearing? I should say you. You understand the question that I'm asking you. What do you? Yeah. What do you think? Well, and what do you I know? think.
2: Um. Well, I think bottom line is as much as, as the rumours that are going around at the minute, I think Morata is still going to be here until at least the summer, um, as is Giroud. Um, I mean, the club are not 100% sure on the striker situation and what they're going to do. They they have. There's, there was rumours um, going around a couple of weeks ago, which which I actually heard, and it's very strong and it's very likely to be true. They have actually spoken to um, Aston Villa and... Tammy Abraham about the possibility of him coming back um, in January, but he's not keen because he's he's obviously playing well. He's he's scoring goals. He's getting game time. And if he comes back, it will probably be to play as a third striker um, behind Murata and Giroud. Um, but you saw you saw yesterday that that Sari is prepared to use other strikers. He dropped Murata altogether. He's he's looking at other options. He's. He, he's not 100% sure what, what he wants to do. He does He's not confident in Morata anymore like he was two or three weeks ago. He knows Giroud is more of a target man and doesn't entirely suit his way of football. Um, He's had people watching Tammy. He's also had people watching uh, Michi Bacuay, Um And there's talk of him coming back in January. He's not really doing it at Valencia, but... But sorry, and, and the club, they've definitely spoken about in recent weeks different options um of strikers. Um but but I think, as I said at the start, I think Murata will stay until the summer, as will Jarud. So I don't think we'll be signing any big names in January, um, in terms of the centre forward anyway.
1: Hmm. hmm. <sighs> All right. Well, I'm gonna save this question till, till later on. Okay. Well, I'm gonna ask you the question, so more so for me to make a mental note, so I don't forget. Um, okay. It's pretty much how many positions do you think we're gonna bring in, and do you think sorry is going to get back the way he should to bring in those positions? So that's in your mark. We're pinning it. We're saving it to the end. Cool. Pedro, I just like Pedro on the right wing. I just like him there. That's his position. I don't understand this wanting to flip flop, and this goes back to William. Just leave me Pedro on the right wing, and I'm gonna in the beginning of the match. Sorry, sw- uh, swapped him. I don't know if it was a tactical reason or if maybe mm-hmm. the one went over and the other. You know what? I, the ball traveled on one way, and they just stayed there until they had an opportunity yeah. to switch back. But I'm gonna tell you during that time, I was like, bro, like we're we're constantly screaming about. William playing on the left and Pedro on the right. And then this fucker starts them both and then swaps them. I'm like, yo, what the hell are you doing? But thankfully they switched back. Um,
2: yeah.
1: It seems like, it feels like, is it me or does Pedro feel like a new signing?
2: Yeah, he's definitely this season. He's, he's been absolutely brilliant, but obviously that's because of the, the football we're playing. Um, Conte under Conte, he's he's not going to shine as much because he's that type of player. He likes the ball at his feet, he works hard, he goes inside, he passes, short passing all the time. And and we're playing to to Pedro's strengths this season under Sarri And that's why you know he's been there. And also under Conte, he wasn't being picked as much. So his confidence would have naturally dropped as as it would with anyone if you're not being picked week in, week out. So I think the little bit part role that he had under Conte, he he was just doing what he could do but he was mainly asked to to defend a lot more and he wasn't really shining under that and mm, it's obvious yeah. you know for for barcelona he was awesome and and i think he's a very underrated player um pedro he's he's a great asset I'd, obviously i wouldn't i wouldn't want him to be um our future right winger i want to see a new right winger come in but at the moment pedro definitely has to be playing Um, right wing um, as you say and I think the thing you you just touched on with the switching roles uh, the switching flanks I think that's just something that Sari does and he's always done I think he encourages his wingers just to uh, during the game like just just to switch flanks Um, just to confuse the defenders a little bit Um, whether it works or not is is debatable but yeah I'm not
1: he certainly confused me yesterday (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I was like what yeah, the hell exactly. Going yeah. On?
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's something a lot of teams do. I think if especially if you watch um Barcelona, uh, Man City do it sometimes as well. They will switch flanks. Um not for very long, maybe just for a couple of minutes and they'll go back again. Um I think it is just to try and trump the defenders a little bit and uh, give yeah, give them a go on the other wing, but it's I think it can it's a tactic that can work, but I think it's it's being more... Um, as you say, when Pedro goes over to the left, he's a little bit lost. He's much better on the right.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that was, you know, even last season. Was it... Yeah, last season and the season before. Like, Conte would put him on the left. It's like, yo, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, this guy's a right winger. Um,
2: yeah.
1: So, how do you think... Do you think yesterday... I mean, like... I can't imagine that Pep and his team and by team, I don't mean the players and mean more of like uh, the the managers and stuff. Do you think they were caught off guard um, by what they saw? What what do you think? Why do you think we won the game yesterday?
2: Um, I think we got a little bit of luck uh, at the start of the game. Obviously, if we'd have gone two or three down. Uh, when when City had all that possession and they were attacking, then it would have been a whole different story. But I think um, Sari obviously knew that that Man City were going to be the most attacking team that we've come up like come up against this season. So he he did have to contain a lot more, um, which is something he's not done. He did it quite effectively. I think he dropped his defensive line back a little deeper than he normally would, um, and although he didn't change his ethos and his attacking style he did adapt to, to Man City's attacking uh, possession football, which he knew that they were going to do. So I think um, they did well to, to contain the the onslaught at the beginning of the match. Yeah. Um, and then and then they grew into it more and more. And I think their confidence and their mentality grew. They knew that, that they could match City. They knew that City weren't going to annihilate them like everyone expected them to do. And they were very much in the game, especially when they went in at halftime. They knew that they were still in that match and that all they needed was a goal or two and they could still win it. Um, and I think Sari obviously said the right words at time, told them to press a bit more, attack a bit more, move higher up the pitch. And that's exactly what they did. And then they started controlling the game, got the goal that they needed. And then all of a sudden, mentality was totally different. Everyone was up for it. They turned into a bunch of warriors. Um, everyone was fighting for every ball. The backline were immense. Um, they they tackled every you know second balls. They were winning second balls, which is what they've not done a lot in this season. And yeah, it was it was like watching Chelsea evolve, if you like, you know. And yeah. you know when they used to when they beat um, it, when they won the Champions League in, in twenty twelve. This is a lot of what they were doing. Every player was up for it. Their mentality was was just immense. And and I think that's what won them the game in the end was the fact that that they were up for it then they were more up for it than City and that, that's the bottom line for me
1: yeah absolutely I, I felt that same way too somebody that's gotten a lot of cris- criticism um and rightfully so is David Luiz and Alonzo. and I felt mm. like um more so David Luiz yesterday he was he was on fire it's I should say David Luiz and Cesar who both have gotten criticism um yeah were on fire yesterday. Fire. They yeah. were engaged and switched on um the entire match. Absolutely, from the word go, they were they were there, locked yeah. and loaded. Yeah. Um, Marcus Alonso, what the fuck? Uh, <laughs> what do we got? I I know you touched on earlier about his height, and I always I I, I don't remember whose match review. No. It was a match preview um, yep. on the Worldwide Chills YouTube channel. Shout out to the homie Sadiq uh, from Worldwide Chills, and he had a fantastic panel on with uh, Nini, Alex Goldberg, Louis. I-, I encourage everybody to watch it. Okay. Um, and they brought up this topic of Marcus Alonso and what he brings and what he doesn't bring and his height. And so did you. Um. I just don't understand, like, every player brings positive and negatives. I mean, Messi, Ronaldo is the greatest player in the world, the greatest players in the world. You wouldn't want them playing defense. They would bring a negative to a defense, you know what I'm saying, as opposed to the positive of the offense. But sometimes the positives outweigh the negatives. And I just don't see it, uh, Marcus Alonso. Do you think he had a good game yesterday, or had a mediocre game? How do you feel like he played yesterday? For me, he had another Marcus Alonso game. He we didn't yeah. we didn't he didn't get you know he didn't cost us the game, but he definitely individually, I think uh, uh, there was a play where Raheem Sterling had his ass um, on the byline uh, in the first half, where he went around yeah. him. So. What do we got to do to get this guy on the bench? Because for everybody that's that's clamoring for him to get um, sold, he just signed – a new, uh, he extended his contract. He ain't going – he's not yeah. going anywhere. He knows it. Nope. Sorry, knows it. Emerson knows it. The club knows it. He's not going anywhere. Nope. So what does Emerson have to do? If you were Emerson, you were in his corner, what are you telling him? What do you got to hey. do to beat – Alonso.
2: Emerson just needs to, to win Sari's trust. That's that's what it is with Sari trust players. And he and he's had Alonso since the start of the season. And Alonso, to be fair to him, started the season very solid and he was much better than what he's what he's been playing the last five, six games. And and in that time he, he earned Sari's trust. And I think Sari is very much like that. He if a player plays well for him in a handful of games. I mean, you saw it with Ross Barkley. Um, when when Barkley played well, scored a few goals, He, you could see then that he automatically trusts him and he's put put him in the team a lot more. Same with Loftus-Cheek in recent times. He wouldn't play him at the start of the season, but since he's had those, those few games and he's played well, he trusts him and he's put him in the team more. And I think Alonso with that, but, but with, with that, I think if Alonso keeps playing poorly, he's going to gradually fade out of the, Match like uh, the starting lineup, and I think Emerson might come in um, if he continues to play well. But with, with Alonso, he's always going to he's always going to be that player. A lot like William, he's going to do the basics. He's going to play okay, but the things that the weaknesses that he brings to the team, um, possession wise, uh, his pace at the back. Obviously, you touched upon Sterling and um, City's pace on the wings. Um, just just go and pass Alonso with ease. That wouldn't happen with Emerson, because he's got the mm-hmm. pace to recover. Um, but he just needs he just needs Sari to to put him in there, to trust him a little bit more, give him a run of games, and I think once he does that and he starts playing well, I think he could probably oust Alonso. Um, but one thing that I will mention, all these players signing new contracts, it might not necessarily mean that they're they're in for the long run. It could be Chelsea being very wise, tying players down to contracts. It means that if play, if teams do come in for them, like, I mean, you'll laugh at this, but Alonso has also had interest from La Liga. Um, Real Madrid have inquired about him in recent years. Um, so that they tie these players down contracts, meaning that if, play, if teams do come in for them and they do decide they want to sell, they can sell them for a good fee. So it doesn't always mean that if a player signs a contract, that's it. You know, they're, they're in for the long run. It could just mean Chelsea are being very wise um, in negotiations if they want, if they decide they want to sell the player.
1: No, I hear what you're saying um, with that. Uh, I just... I, that's a dangerous game. I mean, because <laughs> <laughs> you signed Alonzo to what, five years he extended his contract out? To five? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he keeps playing the way he's playing. You're not going to get the fee that you're it's a risk. It's a gamble.
2: It is. It's it a is. Big yeah. risk
1: and gamble. Um
2: But you know, you know Alonso is one of those players in in football a lot like William, where a lot of people uh, in football, uh, managers, coaches, um supporters, players seem to rate him and they seem to um I don't know, they, they, he always gets bigged up by pundits. I know a lot of pundits' words are just absolutely ridiculous and there's, there's no point in even, especially people on in English TV like Alan Shearer and Ian Wright, Like their, their opinions are just ridiculous. But players like Alonso and William will always get um, plaudits and this is the things that we don't understand and this is the arguments that people who rate those players always bring up, like how can he be so shit? if Barcelona won him or how can this player be so shit if um, I don't know just for example Pep Guardiola says he's good or Sarri says he's good because Sarri is is obviously publicly bigged up both of those players Alonso and Willian so I'm not saying that that what that they're right or um, that they're good players because you know I don't rate either of them but they always seem to get plaudits from, from certain um, personalities in football and, and it's it's a weird one for me I don't I don't understand it
1: I, I don't either, and it it always it always scares me because I know that these clubs have people on their staff. Where I don't when it comes to journalists like pundits on TV, I always I don't I don't give a shit about what they say. But they're just yeah. they're there to entertain, so they're going yeah. to say things that are entertaining. Um, but when it's the club that says something, yeah. Um, when there is interest, that means that the club has allocated resources and finance, money, real money, to yeah. research a player. And they they've had not one guy that's deep in some you know back room with a video you know with, with with DVDs popping them in. They have a staff, a group of people that 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 research these players, and if they're rating rating these players that scares me because is it something that I'm not seeing? I know that I don't know the game as well as these people, but Mm. if they're seeing something or seeing something and I'm not, well, what the hell are they seeing that I'm not, you know, that always, that always scares me a little bit. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. It's, it's the same though. if, If you noticed, um, in recent weeks when Chelsea started losing, um, uh, immediately the, the finger gets point, uh, pointed at Kante not playing as a defensive mm-hmm. midfielder. Um, and that's been a big thing for me that I still see now. I saw something earlier today about someone saying that, oh, Kante needs to be playing uh, holding midfield and this, that and the other. It's like, come on, are, are you still saying that now? Like, you Are you not watching the game closely enough to know that, that in Sarri's system, he needs someone that's going to orchestrate play and conduct play and that that's Jorginho or Fabregas That's not Angolo Kante. And Kante plays further forward in this role. And and people just can't seem to fathom that in their minds, that you know, he's oh he's a defensive midfielder, he, you can't put him out of position and this, that, and the other. So are these the same people that are saying that is a good football player? Is William a good football player? You know, that's that's what concerns me. That's 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 where it comes from.
1: Yeah, I, I did like for me the whole Kante issue is very simple. It's very simple. One, in my mm-hmm. opinion, he's the best midfielder on planet Earth. That's it. Yeah. No if, ands, or buts about it. I know that he doesn't score as much as other midfielders. He doesn't yeah, I understand all of that. However, I want him in my midfield and I he's the first choice. Um if I'm creating a, a, a starting eleven and I get to pick any player in the world, he's the first name off the sheet for my midfielder. Yeah. So for me, he's the best midfielder. But to me, it's, it's 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 very simple. Uh, Sorry's reasoning for having him play that position. He needs a guy to win the ball high up the pitch. There's nobody exactly. better to win the ball high up the pitch or anywhere on the pitch than Golo Conte. Yeah, that's it. You need yeah. a guy. To be to pass the ball out, to be a regista. First sorry, there's no other guy better than Jorginho. Exactly. So it, it doesn't I understand what people are saying that he needs to play further back. However, in this system, you need two guys. You need one guy to play the regista. You're not gonna have Angolo Conte do that. His his mm. negative his, his positives don't fit that. There's more negatives than positives, but you also need a guy to win the ball further up the pitch. You got yeah. two guys that are excellent at doing that. Just put them, put them wherever. And even yesterday, Sari even mentioned that Angolo Conte needs to stay closer to Jorginho. He yeah. needs to be, So, I mean, he's. it's not like Sari's drawing imaginary lines on the field and saying, hey, do not cross that boundary. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> these guys have the f- mobility and freedom to drop further back if they need to and to push forward uh, you know I, I don't know I, that's my opinion on it
2: yeah no it's, it's you can't have a player with Angelo Kante's energy just hovering in front of the back four you need to use his energy like, there's no other player that, that has the, the match engine that Kante has so he's got to be utilized being box to box like he's doing now like, there's no point in him sitting in front of the back four you you need you need his energy like he, he's the only player that can run for 90 minutes and still still look like he could go and run a marathon you know
1: i would so, love to know his vo2 max i would love to yeah. test that i would love to know what's the number and i i would love to compare that against other because that dude does not stop i don't understand i don't understand even when <clears> you watch <throat> him i watch him off the ball it's not even yeah. like he doesn't he's not like he's only sprinting and hustling during the time where the ball's close to him he's kind yeah. of jogging around he's never walking he's never in a break he's always yeah he's always oh my god i'm watching the new england patriots beat the dolphins my god anyway he's always, he's always hustling he's always doing something i i don't know so yeah. simon come. where do we go from here do you think Chelsea carries this momentum after the huge victory yesterday and, 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 and moves forward throughout uh well throughout December. I don't want to extend this all the way to this through the rest of the season. Just throughout December.
2: Yeah, December's hard because there's the games come thick and fast. Um it's always been difficult. But I think if you if you start December well, then there's absolutely no reason, especially when we beat top of the league one of the top five teams in Europe, I think you've got to carry that momentum on. And I think the next game will show it. If we can if we can get a win there, uh, um, I can honestly see December being 100% for us. I mean, the next um, set of, I think, six or seven fixtures, I can't remember them exactly, but they're not, they're not ridiculously hard games. Most of them are winnable. So if we bring that momentum from the City game, bring that confidence, that mentality, that fight, that warrior attitude that we saw um, at Stamford Bridge yesterday—if we bring that into the next games, then there's no reason why we can't be up there um, with City, with Liverpool, with Tottenham, with Arsenal, and still battling for that top four spot. Um, if we have a good December, then there's no reason why we can't go into the new year still battling for the title. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's reachable, it's doable, especially if we keep keep this momentum going. Yep. I'm very confident now, um, but yeah, yeah. You know, hopefully, fingers crossed that if we get, it's it's all about the next game for me. Three points the next game, then yeah, we can we can have a perfect December.
1: Yeah. So the next six games, well, the next games in December are uh, VD and the Europa, Brighton, Bortmouth, Leicester, Watford, Crystal Palace. Um, yeah. Crystal Palace is on December thirtieth. Uh, then January second obviously the new year is Southampton. We can, I don't see a team in here that can legitimately beat us. No, Um, but I definitely see teams in here that if we're not paying attention, Mm. can beat us, you know?
2: Of course. Yeah. Like Watford, like Watford, like Like Watford, which
1: (laughs) it's always, it's always happens to us. So before the season, I said that for me, for me, a successful season is top four sorry um future uh, sorry's vision uh is set and there's a foundation um laid for the future and Golo Conte signing a new contract, yeah. uh, a trophy of some sort. I, I didn't care what competition it was in and then the final piece and now we're going to get into transfers. And that is yep. Ed and Hazard signing a contract. A few... What was it? Last week, I um went into nothing short of a panic attack when I saw uh, reports starting to come out that Hazard has agreed to personal terms. I know you don't have any exclusive information. However, do you, based off of what you know, which... Mm-hmm. It's a lot closer to the source than what I know. How do you feel about it? Where do you think is going to happen? Um, and part B, if you don't obviously, only few people know what's truly going to happen. How many people do you know? How many people do you think know exactly what's going to happen in regards to Edin Hazard's contract situation?
2: Well, in answer to that, zero. I don't think even Eden Hazard knows himself okay. what he's going to do yet. I think he's still undecided. And I think um, his entourage, his family, his friends, none of them know. Um, Forgon Hazard, he doesn't know. None, even his dad. I don't think he's made his mind up yet. And, he's, and he has maintained, actually, to be fair to him, that he's not going to make his mind up until the new year. Um, so that's something that he's been very honest about from the start. Um, so even early January I don't think we'll know but there's obviously that risk that Chelsea play the longer they leave it the less value they're going to be able to get if they do sell him and he doesn't want to sign a new contract Chelsea have the contract on the table and they have done for some time Hazard has looked at the contract um, told the club he's going to consider the contract but he's not going to make his mind up just yet because in his mind he's still got time left you know, he doesn't have to make any hasty decisions. He wants to see how the club progresses. He wants to see the ambition. He wants to see how they do this season. There's a number of factors that could sway him, uh, his decision. Um, and I think, to me, at the minute, it still looks quite positive. Mm. Um, I said, at the, I said at the start of the season, I think he'll sign, and it still feels like that now. But it could be very pinnacle of what happens in January. Um, what happens in the next few games, uh, how the club go. If we're still up there and we're challenging City for the title, I think he'll sign that new deal in the new year. But if we slip down the league, then I think he'll be gone in the summer.
1: I I don't... Just even this talk, like, I got a knot in my chest. Like, just even (laughs) talking about it, I got a knot in my chest. (sighs) Where do we? Where would we go with like? Obviously, the day is gonna come where we need to move on from Eden Hazard. We've moved yeah. on from John Terry. We've moved on from Joe. Dro- we, have we moved on from Joe? Have we moved on from Ashley Cole? Uh but mm. Either way, no matter how big the star, there comes a day when that player is not playing with your team. Yeah. Where would we even like? Where would we even start? Do you like? what players would we even bring in to, to even try to replace Eden Hazard or f- fill the position? Cause you can't replace them just to fill the position. Exactly. Where would we start?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's players like, um, like John Terry, like Didier Drogba, like Ashley Cole, who you cannot replace in my opinion. You, it just can't be done. There's never going to be another John Terry. There's never going to be another Ashley Cole. Uh, you, you're going to get players that are going to get close to them, but they're never going to be the whole thing. Um, and in terms of, of replacing replacing eden hazard you can't do it like like you just said you you cannot do it but obviously if hazard decides to leave there's nothing that that me you the club supporters there's nothing that any of us can do about it if he wants out he's he's going to go yeah um and, and we've we've just got to move on from that um and the club will look at, at other options and they've already started looking at other options oh um because that's, that's the, the proactiveness that, that teams in that stature have to do these days. Um, I mean, obviously, he's, he's I hate to say the name, but but Christian Pulisic is, is a target for Chelsea. And they're very much interested in signing him. I, I don't know. I've asked the questions um, to enough people and, and nobody knows the real answers. But I don't know if they see him as a replacement for Hazard or as an addition um, but he's definitely a, a very, very strong target um, for Chelsea. Maybe in January, um, but probably more realistically in the summer. <sighs>
1: I don't. I don't even like talking. of Like, let's move on. I, I don't even. I, I I swear to you because, like, what, what frustrates me is okay. If Eden Hazard, if he if there was somebody else if there was a younger if there was somebody it just seems like we we no matter if he decides to leave that yeah i, I we we wasted him like so yeah. many years of him being one of the best players in the world and the club mm. it, it would be a crime like it would be you know like uh the 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 classic story of uh, not realizing your potential, and it, for me, yep. it, that that would hurt more than anything. More than him leaving would be, damn! Like we had one, we had to, yep. it, we didn't cherish it. How good he was, he is, and and mm. that would hurt me more um, than him leaving. Obviously, him leaving w- would crush, but like that would bother me more. So, I mean, obviously. There is people in the in the building that are are looking at at filling uh, the left wing position in a worst case scenario. But what are yeah. the positions that we are actively looking at outside of striker? Because we all know that we're looking at a striker. Like that's no that's no secret.
2: Yeah. So the club are looking at different players than than what Sari is necessarily looking at. Sari um, really wants a new centre back. Um, that's his priority. This, this is, this is a big wonder for me. This is what I've never managed to, to understand. He's, he's got, you know, he's got Christensen. He's got Louise. He's got Rudiger, Ampadu. He's got Zuma out on loan. There seems to be an abundance of defenders, but what I think is, is none of these defenders fit the criteria, um, that Sari wants from his main focal point center back. I think he wants, obviously he rates, he rates Louise highly. What I think he wants is another Louise, someone younger to come in after Louise, um, take over from him and be that main ball playing center back alongside Rudiger.
1: I, I, I don't, why we had like, okay. Cahill gone. Mm. Louise there. I saw a report that he's going to be moving on in the summer on a free. But
2: if he doesn't sign a contract, if yeah. If he doesn't sign the contract. Yeah. So yeah. you
1: would have in my opinion, and I said this a few weeks back on the podcast, I feel like Cessard should scoot in into a center back position and be the elder statesman of the center backs. You know, somebody that 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 can come in and we, you know, come in in games, big games where we can uh where we need a a, a leader. But yeah. I, I, for me, a center back group of Zuma, Cesar, um Christensen, Rudiger and Ampadu is a strong group. Bring it's a, it's bringing a, right, a right back. I who cares yeah. about height going on? Yes. Like I
2: Sorry.
1: Sorry not, cares about
2: height. I, I
1: I know it's sorry that cares about height my <laughs> It man. does
2: man. <laughs> I mean, it, it's weird because he, he he's a modern he's a modern coach who likes to play with the ball on the ground. He likes to play quick, uh, short passes, but he still has this thing about height, which is I find really strange. But he does, he does, and I think that's why um as is not not really being considered as a centre back anymore. Um, same with how, why Ampadu isn't really getting much of a game. He, they don't have the same height stature as what people because like. he's even using Cahill, well, you know ahead of. The rest of the backups and and Christensen isn't amazing in the air and he's not really getting picked. So he does. He seems to have this thing about height, man. He he really does. I'm with you though. I I don't get it.
1: Uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's not the length. It's the thickness. It's the curve.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you said it, man. You said it. <laughs> uh, uh, well. <laughs>
1: You know what? Some people would like to throw in a no homo after that. You know what? <laughs> fuck it, homo. Oh <laughs> homo! I'm throwing it in. I don't give a fuck. Oh my god. I, I, I. Oh, okay, so but Simon, I, I you got me like you got me frustrated here. So yeah. he wants to bring in a center back. What other positions are we looking? Like like okay. So sorry wants a center back. What does the club want? What
2: does the club yep. want? His priorities are centre back. The club uh, are focusing on um, They, they they've lost their faith in Morata. Um, they're okay. focusing on a centre forward, and they're also focusing on on the winger position. Um, that's that's their that's the club's priority. They want to bring in a winger. They want to bring in a centre forward. Um, but they've spoken. They've already spoken with Sari, and I'm not sure. If they're on the same page with targets at the minute, which is obviously another oh worrying God. situation. Um, but, but like I said earlier uh, on this podcast, I think Sari initially disagreed with them that he was ready to put his trust in Murata and put his faith in Murata. But I think since then, in recent weeks, he seems to be agreeing with the the club more that that. Yeah, maybe they do need to bring in a, a centre forward as soon as possible.
1: Okay, so now since since I'm painted, help me. Paint um the image, like help me like like help me see it in my mind. Sorry sitting down at a table. It's an office. Sorry sitting down at a table or, or on a couch or whatever. Who is in that room making the decisions? And, and and who is involved in I should say, who's involved in that conversation in that room?
2: I think when, when Sari goes for his meetings, it's literally the whole Chelsea board. So anyone anyone from uh chairman down um you've got oh, scouts okay. yeah yeah you've got the chairman so Bruce Buck anyone down from there in a in a boardroom meeting you'll have everyone from Bruce Buck down you have a scouting network you'll have all the coaches and you have sorry um obviously Roman's nowhere to be seen but those uh, obviously and, and you've got Marina there that's that's head of the the meeting if you like but but it's it's a big group a big group together and they'll discuss things um like transfers um but chelsea chelsea for me are massively missing a director of football like a footballing director of football that's never gonna happen no no no, no i mean you, i've
1: kind of give given Marina, up on that yeah yeah like think of everybody everybody needs to look at this from marina's perspective she's the one that can make the call on on getting up which okay better yet before i say that would she be the one that's called makes the call for a uh, footballing director
2: Um. It's, it, the thing is, is what I always tell people is that it's not... A lot of people like to put the blame on individuals, but it's not. It's never an individual uh, choice. They always have um, a group discussion and then it will be decided within uh, a group, the the final decision on anything, basically. So it's never going to be um, solely on one person. So when people say, oh, Marina, I can't believe Marina signed that player. Be- I can't believe Marina has given... Ah, uh, so and so a new contract. It's not Marina. It's a group decision that will always be decided on the whole. Um, and if they can't come to a, a, an unanimous decision, then it won't happen. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Have you ever interviewed Marina? Speak, spoken to Marina?
2: No, never. No, I've I, I've never spoken to to any any coaches, anyone high up in the club. I I just have um, people who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A network of people that I speak to who who perhaps may have spoken to people higher up than what I have, but no. yeah.
1: Ah, shit, Simon, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Like, I, it's, it's like for me in this club, I, I I got to get on it. Anybody listening to this, I'm looking for, to speak to an agent. I don't need an agent that currently has anybody on the Chelsea's, uh, roster or has a player which I don't, I'm looking for an agent that can explain to me why the hell it takes so long to negotiate contracts in football. That's what I need to know because in other sports, like I'm watching the NFL, I'm basketball contracts get done in a day, but it seems like in football, it seems like any target that Chelsea is associated with it's weeks and weeks and weeks of negotiation. I, I don't understand that. So, yeah, and leading up to this transfer window, I, I would like to speak to somebody because uh, I think it would be really interesting. Um, Simon, where do we go from here? What where, where is what is your overall? What's your outlook? What's your vision? What's your perspective? The health of the club. Where do we go from here?
2: I, st- I still think that a lot. Rides on Hazard, and I still think Hazard will will sign a new contract. And then, and then, in terms of the club moving forward from there, they have to get Champions League football at the minimum this season because the the money that comes with it, the the advertising that comes with it, is just immense. Um, and also, they need to decide on what they're doing with the new stadium. Uh, sorry, the the rebuild of the stadium, whether they're going to go through with that or not. Um, there's various other. Uh, financial issues that they're looking at at the minute, but I, I'm positive, man. I, I still think that, that the way things are going, I, I still think we might see um, a similar transfer window to this summer where we might, we might have one, maybe two big signings arriving um, rather than the, the the transfer window before where we, where we bought a lot of players that were just filling out the squad. Um, and I think with the the new loan the, the new loan rules coming in as well, we might actually see a few more of the young players filling out the squad rather than buying players that are just you know your Danny Drinkwaters that are never going to play and Victor Moses that's not there. Um, I, th- I think it's going in a good direction. I really do. Yeah. I think they're going to be a lot more uh, sensible and on signings I said this for for so many years I wrote an article about it in the summer actually I said that the amount of money that the club could save if they just bought in the positions that they essentially needed and spent that money like they did with um Kepa in in the summer they needed to replace Courtois and they had to spend money stop on stop, good stop, keeper. Stop, stop, stop
1: stop stop go on go
2: on go on
1: uh, one rule I did not uh tell you about on this podcast. Can't mention Tiva, you cannot call him by his name. He is the snake. Um, oh, okay, the, Alex
2: Goldberg style, right?
1: Yep, yeah, yeah, he's the f- <laughs> fucking snake. I, 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 Alex is a little bit more uh PG than I am. Alex likes to call him the <laughs> reptile or whatever. I call okay. him the fucking snake, even when I'm playing FIFA and <laughs> and uh, I go up against Real. I score. I'm like right in your fucking face, you fucking <laughs> snake. So continue.
2: He has. Uh, he's got one of them faces, and he? he's just got one of them faces that you just want to punch. Yeah,
1: he he's definitely got that, and and, yeah. and all of his misfortunes. I'm so happy, and it. My my uh, I've touched on it on this podcast before, and and it's been a while since his name has come up, but again, it. I look at it from three from three spots as a man, as a father and as a professional, as a mm. man. How do you how do you how do you not like that whole disappearing act that he did after the World Cup? Have your grab your balls and go and tell the club I'm done. I'm out of here. As yeah, a man. As a father. That I can't stand people that push their kids forward and use them as a tool, as a pawn, as a as a as a something to to get what they want. And as a professional, like uh, you, you don't you don't do that. Like you don't handle the way the situation the way he did. I, I don't. Fuck the snake. That's all I gotta say.
2: Yeah, no, I know, no, no, no. I know. I get, I get people's frustrations, but the thing is, with with what what I the way I look at it is, I'm not going to let let this guy get me angry. You know, if some people front up and man up to to the situation and they'll deal with it, Thibaut did the complete opposite, and and, and people have, yeah. You said his name uh, the, again. The, the, the snake, the snake <laughs> did the complete opposite, <laughs> and Fucking and you so know, it. and and people people hated him for it, and that's completely understandable and but some I think some people in life have those personalities where they can they can man up and deal with situations and other people can't and he's just one of them people that just decided to bury his head in the sand make excuses and and just completely put his time at at the club um you know and turned it into a massive joke because he was he was loved when he was at the club let's face it he, he he was he was um, he was a, he was he was a good keeper for us, and but he's he's turned all that around, and he's got no one else to blame but himself. But yeah, man, I don't want to talk about the snake anyway.
1: Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> I will say one positive thing about his situation that I definitely think that Eden Hazard is paying attention. I definitely think yeah. he's monitoring monitoring uh, what's going on over there, and yeah. and and I think it's that's a good thing that's come out of this because if yeah, it exactly. was all rosy. And everything was going well. Um, it, it would be, it would be, it would be, you know, a lot more. I should say it would make our situation a little bit more difficult. But since everything is going bad, and Eden Hazard can see what happens yeah. or how that club and their supporters treats the players when it goes bad, I think he's paying attention because Eden Hazard has been here for good times and he's been here for bad times, and I don't think ever, ever the fan base has turned against him um, in any which way, shape or form. And
2: exactly. Yeah.
1: You know, good or bad. So Simon, I think this is it, my man. I think we've covered everything. I think we've got a good handle on, on, uh, on the club, on the, on the victory. Um, I think we got, we got a good, we got a good podcast on our hands, my man. Cool, I mean, cool. How do you watch. feel about it?
2: The the podcast.
1: Yeah. How do you we, we covered Mate, anything? It, do you want to mention anything
2: else? No. I mean, if if you if if you've got any more uh, questions you want to ask me, or if anything's been playing on your mind, I'm happy oh. to try and answer. You know. But what? um, I do
1: have two on. questions here that uh some support some listeners of the podcast have mentioned. Some. All right. So. Cool. Here we go. I got to read this word for word. Sound, shout out to the homie Daniel. All right. How many players slash funds do you believe will be made available for sorry in the summer window? And are these are there any position earmarked as priority? I think we touched on it, but let's get the official answer.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, think, things like funds, I'm never going to know that. Okay. But I think um, – in terms of players like i said the the main focus did he say january or did he say summer. in general summer okay summer summer i think we will probably yeah i think we'll see center forward as a priority i think we'll see right winger as a priority and i think if sorry has anything to do with it we'll see center back as a priority as well those three will be at the top of the list um and i don't see many more arrivals than that
1: okay um and then a topic that, ke- the, uh, words that keep coming up on Twitter in regards to our squad is, I keep seeing the word brace yourself. <laughs> is that, does brace yourself, based off of what you know, is that a positive thing or a good thing? That term, are people using it in a positive light or a negative light? I know it's really hard to to get, like, to read into the context of the phrase brace yourself, but... That's in
2: in in what context? Who's who's saying who's saying brace yourself? I, I,
1: I keep first? seeing a lot of Twitter handles when it comes to the January window. When it comes okay. to the squad. When it comes to just news. Uh, okay. For Chelsea, the 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 terms brace yourself. You know how some of those how a phrase becomes hot. Like now everybody's using it. OK, so I, I think it's one of those things where people are just saying, like, I got information, brace yourself. This is going to be good. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, so, like, it, can you speak on that January, the summer? Is it brace yourself where it's going to be a doozy? This is good things or brace yourself. This is going to hurt.
2: I think um in in my opinion on things and how the clubs run and how things are going, I think. I would say brace yourself in terms of that it could be a bumpy ride. Oh, um, yeah, but, but maybe not maybe not in a bad way, you know, because okay. like I said to you earlier, Hazard, I, as far as I know, Hazard hasn't even made his mind up yet where he's signing a new contract. So he could wake up tomorrow morning and decide that he's going to sign the contract. So brace yourselves. He could sign it. Brace yourselves. He could leave, you know. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think in my opinion, if people are saying things like that, um, I don't think they're talking about uh, Chelsea are going to make uh, you know the the next big signing they're not going to spend you know over 100 mil, uh, a hundred mil breaking Mauro um buyout clause or anything like that. I don't I don't think that's coming. I think that I would have heard something along the lines of that if that was going to happen in January. Um, but like I always maintain, and I always say to people on my Twitter, like I don't know everything. I definitely don't know everything. And if um, in football things can change so quickly and any, literally anything can happen. So why if, if spreading people, lies? Or
1: why <laughs> spreading lies again, with the fake news, I thought you said, bro, like we're in the circle of trust here, man. You, you said you're not gonna, <laughs> you're not gonna spread fake news. And you're now you're saying that you don't know everything. What the hell is this?
2: Uh, I like to be real at the same time. Like a lot of accounts out there, they speak like they know everything, but I've always told people right from the off that I don't know everything. I just ask the right people, the right questions. And, what they give me back normally, normally will 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 come out. You know, it will normally turn out to be true. But I, I'm never going to say that that I know everything that goes on in the club because nobody does. Literally nobody does. Not even the players, man. Like they they don't even get told what's going on sometimes. I mean, right. if I if I knew everything in the club, I wouldn't be sat here talking to you right now. I'd be I'd be more involved in the club, doing club things, you know. But yeah. It's it's just the way football goes. I think um, they have meetings every day. Things change. They make new decisions every day. It's a business. It's exactly. a business. Exactly. Uh, what a lot yeah. of
1: people uh, there's a specific. I don't want to. Last week I got, I got some haters on Twitter, um, mm. and it was, I lashed out. Yeah. I I don't. I don't. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. I really felt like a dick about it after. Um, One of them was a journalist that I've been giving shit since the summer about. And and, and to shed more context, every time I open my... I use an app. It's called Foot Mob. Right. And every single time I open it, it always seems like anytime there's a negative article, this specific journalist is writing about it.
2: Can we reveal names? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Because, I mean, I didn't take it off of my Twitter. Um, okay. so it's not one of those things and and uh let's see shit I got to go back profile uh profile 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 and I, and I felt like like while I'm looking at it I definitely felt like an asshole because it, yeah. it, it it's just I don't want to do anything on Twitter that I wouldn't do to your face and yeah. I felt like coming in like on Twitter and talking shit like Jamie Spencer is his name, and I don't want anybody to give him anybody listening to this to give him shit either. Um, Jamie Spencer is his name. I don't
2: know that name. I don't know he, that name.
1: He's a Manchester United supporter, so like, okay, like every single time I see a negative article on this app, it's always mm. this guy, and I'm like, motherfucker, like, can you write something yeah. positive? Yeah, yeah. So I I. I don't know how we got into this, but I got shit online and, and, and I went after, and I went after people when it's just not, it's not my thing yet. I, no. I don't know how we got here. I don't know how we got here, but, no. um, I, 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 I try to be positive, man. Like I try to be positive. I, 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 I should say this. I'm I don't want from going forward. I made a decision. I'm not going to, I'm always going to be positive on Twitter. I'm yeah. never going to be negative on Twitter. Oh, that's how we got here because I don't know everything. Okay, I'm never gonna be negative on Twitter. I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not gonna be a tough guy on Twitter. It, 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 for what? Tough guy for what? Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's so easy from your phone to, to act like a badass. Of course,
2: yeah. But, you
1: know what I'm saying? So I don't want to. I don't want to be that. I don't. I don't want to do that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no. I get you I get you I get I get it all the time I if I if I read my mentions like and if I was a sensitive person it would literally make me delete my Twitter some of the stuff that gets written to me but I've I've gone past that now I don't react to it anymore and 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 you know some people are gonna have those boring lives where they've got nothing better to do than just troll people and I've accepted that now but you know the majority of the interactions I have I really enjoy so that's what keeps me doing it and keeps me going through it but I I used to I used to react like you say I used to really react and say some stuff to people but I just don't bother anymore man it's not worth
1: it I mean with the amount of following that you have I can only imagine I get sometimes lumped into uh, the like when you posted that you were going to come on the podcast. And, yeah. I see, and I get into uh, to peek behind the curtain of what yeah. these huge Twitter accounts go through and, and, and just like my notifications like 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 and I was like holy <laughs> shit like I can't imagine like what it must be like to have you know these huge accounts like the true Geordie you put up one thing he puts up one thing he has half a million followers mm-hmm. one thing and, yeah you know. 3,000 likes his phone you have to have two phones do you have two phones
2: yeah yeah so yeah I mean I, I feel sorry for for alex Goldberg sometimes I, I think he's yeah. you know he's he's genuinely a decent guy and he gets a lot of hate by um some Chelsea fans uh, particularly that live in the UK and and I, and I've seen some of the stuff they write to him and and in, and the way he reacts is is you know is is admirable he he's so calm all the time and, and he just and he just, you know, he replies to them in such a good way that I think, you know, I wish I could do that more often. But you know, he's—he's he's, the bottom line is, if you disagree with someone, why do you have to make a personal insult to them? What you know, when they're a decent person, you can see that they're a decent person. If you don't agree with them, you don't agree with them, but you don't have to get personal about it. But so many people seem to do that. But yeah, I mean, the way he replies is 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 admirable, and I've told him that before. So.
1: Yeah, no, Alex is a good dude coming on the podcast, yeah. uh, short soon. Uh, um, he? yeah, 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 he's a good dude. Yeah. Um, it's, I, I just, you guys with the bigger accounts, I, I don't I have a, I have a smaller, I don't know what I'm just cracked 600 today. Uh, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's a new world. So yeah, let me ask you a question because you, you, one, you brought up that you don't know everything. It, it, Popped up a question, popped up in my mind. Yeah. Obviously, you have sources uh, within the club. I have no sources. You are a source. So when I say you are one of my sources. So okay. and, and any information that I get that's an exclusive for the podcast, I'm telling everybody right now is not because I'm <laughs> DMing these people behind this. T- I read the timelines and whatever it's <laughs> whatever you guys are publicly putting out. That's my exclusive information. So, OK. Your sources. T- Take me to the beginning when you first got a source. I don't need to know, I don't want to know names. I don't want, I'm not asking for that. I'm asking for, yeah. Take me back there when you got your source. Like, I love hearing these stories and you got the information. You're like, how was your reaction? Like, holy shit, this is how it's going on. Like, this is what's yeah. happening. I can't believe that this person reached out. Like, take me back there.
2: Well, I mean, the, the very first, I used to write for, um, a website called uh, cfc nets it's not really that um public like public anymore but i think it used to be big way back so that's that's how i first started gaining contacts um i used to be at the ground a lot i used to be at cobham a lot and all i would do is i would just hang around um annoy people basically I ask people questions and write write articles like constantly write articles and 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 then I, I'd gradually gain um, followers and readers, and that's that's how I first started getting contacts. But uh, when I'd ask questions to certain people at the ground or people on Twitter would DM me, like obviously you you you're going to get a lot of people saying different things, and you can't you can't just take their word for it. But you'd have to start earning these people's trust and gaining their trust. Um, and I think the first. Uh, the first time I got told something was that Eden Hazard was signing uh, for Chelsea, like before, literally before anyone got it, and I didn't post anything because I didn't believe him. Um, but this this same guy then was like one of my first sources that I ever uh, got information from, and, and a few bits and pieces that he told me after that, and it all started, you know, coming true. And I, and I thought, okay, you know, this guy I can actually trust him. He's he's got some good info there. Um. And eventually I started tweeting some of the stuff that he would tell me. And a lot of it would come true. Like not all of it, because that's just the nature of the beast and that's the way it goes. But the majority of the stuff that he tells me, and he still does talk to me now, it does come true. And from him, I then gained other people that tell me bits and pieces. And, and what I do is I just piece it all together and get the, the general consensus from the information that I, I get given. I
1: love, so this, it, yeah. type of stories. I love this type of stories. But uh, so, Real quick, it came out recently that, uh, well, not recently, but Drogba said that he was the one of the main guys that encouraged Eden Hazard. So are you saying on my podcast that Didier Drogba is one of your main sources? <laughs> is that what you're saying? No. Ah, he's not. He's keeping <laughs> it to the chest again. <laughs>
2: Simon, that would really? be amazing, would if, if Drogba was my source, that would be amazing.
1: I'm, well, I, I'm telling you guys right now, I've been DMing uh, players um didier drogba is one of them i'm telling everybody right here right now if i get didier drogba on this podcast whether it's tomorrow or 15 years down the line i don't care when it happens when i get didier drogba on this podcast i will seriously consider ending the podcast (laughs) because it cannot get any bigger
2: (laughs) is he is he talking back to you hell no (laughs) no you're just you're just trying with the dms yeah i mean it if you bother him enough he might just reply you never know
1: i try i try but it, so yeah. i well the, the 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 player that i'm getting on for the Leicester uh the lester podcast the pre oh, yeah. the pre or post um, match review uh he hit me up right away he responded back right away so i'm like yeah this is pretty amazing um, yeah so okay so let me ask you a question Based off of what your sources are are telling you now within the club, we all yeah. see what's happening on the field and we all have it have a positive vibe uh for what's happening on the field. Compare to me, compare what your sources are telling you now versus last year from when Mourinho uh was with us. I mean shit, you go back all the way to Aiden Hazard. So tell me tell me what your sources are saying now. Not so much with players because that information, but like, what's the vibe? What's the energy coming out of Cobham right now?
2: The, the direction of the club is um, it, it has and always, always will be the same. They, they want to be um, one of the best teams in Europe. And that's, that's come from Roman. Like Ro- Roman has this real desire to, to be one of the best teams in Europe, uh, in the world. Um, so that's always a priority for them. That's, that's always the ethos of the club. and. That's why they're looking at uh, you know extending the stadium and doing various bit sponsorship and advertising to increase the revenue at the club. Um, that's always their ethos. Um, but in terms of personnel, they obviously know that that they can't they can't compete at the minute with with the expenditure of people like Man City that spending on players uh, in the last couple of years. They they can't they can't compete with that um, to that level. Wow. they have the funds but
1: well is it a bit okay I, so i i look at uh, before you answer that i look at i look at sports as what they are i look at i should say i should look at teams of exactly what they are They are businesses and yeah. this is why um with a certain and this went back to the twitter and people getting shit on twitter this goes back to a certain uh there's a youtuber um he's not a big chelsea youtuber dude. it's not anybody in chelsea related so get off of that immediately if you're listening yeah but um there's youtuber that i disagree with heavily on their view when it comes to players um performing with the club and the and 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 it and it goes with sports in general because i get it with the nfl there's this idea that well if you get a stronger manager or coach involved to set the players in line, the players will have to uh, listen and respect that manager. If not, they're out of here. And I always tell people when I get into these conversations, like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. Yeah, Paul Pugwell the situation that's going on in Manchester United and the same situation that happened with Eden Hazard and the group of players that revolted against Jose Mourinho, yeah. all those guys can point to the bottom line of that business and say, this is the amount of money that I'm bringing into the business. Mm. What's Jose's Mourinho value to the business. Mm. And that is why the players will always, the top elite players will always be ahead of managers. Yeah. Because every player is a salesman for the club. Exactly.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right.
1: And when you're in sales, I've I, I've done sales all my life. When you're in sales, yes. at the end of the day, it's all about numbers. Yeah. And No matter what my value is, nor how to how well I am, how good of a salesman I am, whether I'm the best or the worst, there is a piece of paper that states my value. Managers don't have that. Yeah. Managers do not have that. Pep Guardiola right now can estimate, can think of it. All of it is speculation on what Pep Guardiola's value is to Manchester City. Sergio Aguero has a has a physical number. Kevin De Bruyne has a physical number attached to to his name that is not speculative. So, (laughs) fuck. Where was I going with that? God damn it!
2: (laughs) I know. I know. I know what you're. I know what you're saying.
1: You know what I'm saying. So. So. Yeah. So that's where it was business-wise yeah when you say that chelsea can't compete with manchester city why Mm.
2: it's it's the thing is it's the financial side of the game it's there's so many aspects to it it's not just um player revenue it's not just um wages it's not just ground staff it's not just uh ticket sales, there's so many things involved. And I think at the start when Roman first took over the club, he's obviously, you know, he's piling all this money into the club. And I think that they just had, they're in this period now where they just have to balance things out a little bit more, um, which is why they're not piling enough, as much money uh, into transfers as what they did when they first started out. Um, it's just, it's kind of like a balancing act at the moment. And obviously they've got all this money, um, put aside and the Roman needs to borrow more money for the for the new uh, stadium yeah, increase so there's there's so many different things that are going on that puts us a little bit behind City in terms of uh, transfer funds at the minute and the club aren't, aren't making as many transfer funds available but you know we st- we're still doing it we're still there we spent 70 million on Rata, 70 million on Kepa but just not to the extremities that City are doing it and maybe what we have done before
1: yeah it seems like Chelsea. Um, in in any business, money laundering one hundred and one. Okay, guys, I worked in a bank. I I have an idea about yeah. how you would money launder. So if you wanna if you wanna wash money, you create a business. That initial investment into said business, nobody ever questions. You don't have to report <clears throat> where that money has come from. However, yeah. from that point on, once that money is within the business, now you have a paper trail. So, in any business, it seems like that when Roman initially took over the club, he was investing into his business out of his own personal pocket. And then, when people say that you know now he's done that, he what what what, what you're saying is, it just like any business, your investors are not pumping money in, and you're relying on the on the money that's being generated from within mm. the club. Uh, yeah. And finally, what was it last year? Chelsea have uh, started operating within the black. I, I think I'm using that term correctly, which means they're not operating at a loss. Mm. So they yeah. have to. They have to. And, and the and the goal of the of any business is to put at least one number higher when it comes to revenue than you did last year. Yeah. Whatever that number may be, it could be a penny, but you have to operate on a plus versus a minus. Yeah. Um, how bad did it get under Conte? Like how, how negative was the vibe with the club based off of what, you know,
2: it, it was very negative, but without it being obvious, if you, if you know what I mean by that, like you could, you could sense, um, like nobody ever told you that things were bad, but you could sense it and, um, around the whole club, you could sense it. You knew we 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 all knew that Conte was going a, a long time before the, the journalists and people started picking up on it. Like because because of the vibe, like we didn't get told directly that Conte was going. We just knew that that was what was happening because you you it could just cool. feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He knew. Um, the players knew, and you could feel that negativity. Like nobody actually told us that that this was going on. Um, no one actually came out and said that, oh, the you know, the club's in a bad way. But you could just tell. You could just tell that it was. You knew it was coming.
1: I always say that I feel like he did sabotage uh, lineups. What was that? What was it? What, what did we play? What was it? Brighton? Where we lost? Yeah. Uh, where we needed to win and he put up some bullshit lineup? Yeah. That's when I... Like, when people were like, oh, you got to back home. I was like, fuck you. Like, and it goes, again, uh, my... Same thing with, with Mourinho. I understand what he did in the past for this club, for yeah. Chelsea, but when Manchester United slid that contract, he didn't think about the past, what he did for Chelsea. He thought about the future, and he thought about that money that's going to be deposited from Manchester United into his bank account every whenever they do it, every bi-weekly or weekly or monthly or however they distribute the money. That's what he thought about. Yeah. So while he's yeah. thinking about that, I could give two shits about Jose Mourinho or what. Loyalty bo- works both ways. You can't always be loyal one direction. It's got to come back. A handshake, when you shake somebody's hand, I expect however far my arm extends, your arm extends just the same. And, yeah. And that's the, That's how I feel with Conte. That's how I feel with Jose Mourinho. That's how I feel in life. You extend, I extend my arm to shake your hand with no slack, it's all the way out. I expect your arm to be the same.
2: Yeah, 100%. 100% um, agree.
1: Shit, what else? What other inside? I'm trying to think of inside information, inside <laughs> stuff I can ask you. Because you know, this is my opportunity to get the yeah, listeners to know. What else? This what is else? it.
2: Yeah, what this else? is the one.
1: Simon, what, yeah. else, what else? What else do I need to know? Uh um, Fuck! I can't think of anything else, my man. Man.
2: <laughs> Listen, if if you think of anything, DM me, man, and i and, and any, any replies I give you, you can tweet them and stuff like that. So awesome. I'm happy to do that. Awesome.
1: Yeah, let's, I'm let's, gonna DM you. Let's crazy. do that. I'm gonna DM you crazy shit now. I'm gonna ask you <laughs> straight up, Simon. What's up with Eden Hazard? Yeah, I, I, yeah, cool. I an answer. I expect do to it.
2: Answer. Do it. Do um, it. I, I, like I said earlier, I love interacting with people on Twitter. And, and it's good to, to talk to people like you. You know, it's people that are enthusiastic and love the club like I do. It's, that's what I enjoy doing. That's why I do it. It's basically why I do it.
1: All right. Well, Simon, um, if people want to DM you, if, if, I mean, he's ladies, relax. Okay. He said he's engaged <laughs> already. So I, <sighs> I understand shit. if you want to DM him, but understand the man's engaged. Okay. <laughs> But if
2: people DMs want are make, open, man. DMs
1: They're open. Are always open. You know? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Simon's always got to, you know, DMs. I always say when the DMs are open, that means that you always gotta, you know, always gotta keep you the future in in mind. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> it, mate. I'll send you some screenshots of some of the messages I get. It's it's really quite entertaining at times, honestly. <laughs>
1: oh my god i can only imagine yeah i can only imagine now if anybody wants to send you some crazy shit in your dm how do they get a hold of you simon
2: okay so my twitter is um at cy phillips sport
1: at CyPhillipsfort. phillips Fort. yeah all right and if uh people want to read your work how do they get a hold how do they read your work
2: so I write for two publications, um, Transfer News Central, mainly in uh, Transfer Windows, obviously. And uh, I write my opinion pieces for the Chelsea Fancast. And that's just ChelseaFancast.com.
1: And Simon, if I'm not mistaken, do you have a podcast as well.
2: Yeah, but I mean, this this is yeah, we're not we're not doing very well on that. man. that's why I'm, I'm featuring on everybody else's podcast at the moment instead. But we did a few and then we kind of had a little bit of a, a gap and we haven't we haven't started again since. But well, I think we, we, we aim to we aim to do it again soon. Yeah. All
1: right. All right. Well, I mean, let me know when you get fire that up and I'll be more than happy to send it out to uh to my people. So, you know, yeah. to help promote, man. We're all a family and a rising tide exactly. lifts all boats is what I say, so.
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: 100%. Well, everybody, this is the end of the interview with the homie, Simon Phillips. Simon, before I let you go, uh, come on. Is it or is it cool. not true that you are one hell of a break dancer and you have a mean 16 bars? <laughs> come on, Simon.
2: I wish I could, man. I really wish I could. I'm in awe of those guys that breakdance. Honestly, I tried it once, and it's a lot harder than it looks. But I wish I could say yes, man. I wish I could.
1: Damn it, Simon! You're too good at this. You're not re- doesn't reveal sources and won't reveal if he's a hell of a breakdancer. <laughs> All right, everybody. This is the end of the interview. All right, everybody, we are back. Back, back, I'm back. Um, that was the interview with the homie Simon Phillips. Uh, big shout out again to Simon Phillips. Like I told him um, after the interview, he is more than welcome to come on anytime, anytime. I don't care. If it, he doesn't even have to come on to talk Chelsea. He can come on here just to bullshit. Uh, and I'll have him on anytime he's welcome. And uh, that's the end of the, the 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 podcast. I don't got much more to say. We're uh, playing this week coming up. We got Viddy. Oh no, I'm pulling up the fixtures right now. We have we have Vidi on Thursday the 13th. Brighton on the 16th. Uh, the 19th we have Bournemouth. The 22nd we have Leicester. Watford. On the 26th, Boxing Day. On the 30th, we have Crystal Palace, and that rounds out our December. So we got a bunch of games lined up, six games lined up. Um, and I don't see, I mean, if we mind our P's and Q's, I don't see a team on there that can beat us. Um, and But I do see teams on there that if we're not on our A game, if we're not minding our P's and Q's, we can drop points too. And again, it's not about it's not necessarily about challenging for the title, but more so finishing top four. And if at the end of the season we are challenging for a title, by all means, I love it. I love it. I love trophies. I love silverware. But we have to the bigger picture is we have to finish top four. There is no there is no. uh, There is no room, there is no failure to finish outside of top four um we need to finish top four we need to secure champions league football financially and for the ramifications that it will bring to our squad uh if we don't get top four next year there's a good chance very good chance that eden hazard leaves during the summer so we cannot have that happen and just talking like that gives me anxiety again so that's all I got for this episode of the podcast. Thank you again to Simon Phillips. Um, I will be talking to you guys again soon. Bunch of podcasts coming out this December. I'm already working on January. How about that? I'm Already getting my lineup together for January. Um, lots of shit coming out soon. This 2019 is a huge year. Huge year and I can't wait to get it going. I can't wait to finish December strong to finish 2018 strong and attack 2019. Um, that's all I got for this episode of the podcast. I will talk to you guys again soon. Have a great day. Oh, real quick, real quick. Before I sign off, I'm not going to be dwell on this for a long time. I Like I told Simon, last week I got some shit online. Uh, some haters, some trolls. And that tied into I attacked on Twitter a journalist, a guy that writes um, by the name of Jamie Spencer. Um, and I'm calling him up by name. I'm saying his name publicly because I, it's on Twitter. There's, uh, I can delete the tweet, but I'm not. Um, I've been going after people online recently because it pissed me off it pissed me off the trolls pissed me off uh jamie i felt like i felt like i needed to to be kind of like uh like you know i like i I like the idea of oh christian doesn't take any shit he goes at i'm not that i really struggled after the i send those tweets off um with the feeling of not being genuine. I'm not that guy. I'm not a tough guy. I'm not I should say I'm not a uh a, a Twitter thug. I'm not going to talk tough and back it up and not back it up. If we were in person, that's different. That's different. Uh but online I just don't it's so it's too easy. It's too easy to fire off tweets and to act tough online. It's a lot harder to do it in person. I'd much rather be a man that, you know, in person and online, it's going to be the same thing. Online, it's too easy to talk shit. Let's see in person. So I'm not going to do, I'm not going to engage into that anymore. There's trolls, let them be. I'm not going to engage anymore. I'm not going to go after people anymore. It's not, that's not who I am. I, I like positive energy, positive vibes. I kicked my table with the laptop. I like positive energy, positive vibes. That's what I like around me. I don't like being uh, combative. I don't like being proactively combative. I get fired up. I get hyped. I get emotional about things, about sports, about uh, things that I'm involved with. But what I'm not is an asshole. And I felt like going after people is me being an asshole. I'm not an asshole. Um, And I don't like assholes. I don't like assholes around me. I don't like fucking people, you know, tough guys think they're tough guys around me. Or I don't like associating with that type of energy. You know what I'm saying? If that's the type of person you are, by all means, be you, do you. I'm the first person to support anybody being themselves. But that's not the person who I am, and that's not the person who I strive to be and who I want my son to look up to. So that's not gonna happen anymore. Fuck them. And that's not because, oh, somebody got after me and they threatened. No, none of that. None of that. It's just what I stand for and who I am. Um, I'm just not gonna be that guy. So if you wanna see more of that stuff from me, I'm sorry. That's not gonna happen um that's just not who i am and that doesn't mean that i dislike people i don't there's somebody right now like i said on the youtube uh, on uh, on the podcast there's a specific youtuber um that i don't agree with his views i don't agree with his opinions but there's a difference between disagreeing with somebody's views disagreeing with somebody's opinion and then being a dick about it and being an asshole. And if I have a opportunity to interview that person, I will let them know that I still don't agree with their views. I still don't agree with um their stances. However, I'm not gonna be a dick about it. We'll talk like men, and at the end of it, we'll shake hands like men, and that's the end of that so and and for those people that are trying to f- figure out you guys don't know who it is um uh, it's not a Chelsea anything you guys don't know who it is so when the time comes i'll speak to this person it'll be on the podcast or face to face and then we will have a conversation like gentlemen but during that conversation they i will not be an asshole they will not uh, i'll let them know that i don't agree with how they think but i'm not going to be a dick about it and there's no need to be a dick about it so that's the end of that i got to get off my high horse i got to get back to the family um excellent episode of the podcast Thank you again to Simon Phillips. I love each and every single one of you. So proud. So happy with my club. So happy with my team. Um, Excellent week of sports. And that's all I got. I love you guys. Have a great day. Enjoy the rest of your day. Be nice to people. Be nice to people online. There's no need to be a dick. There's no need to be an asshole. And I'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye-bye. Big kiss
0: that pussy good once you sit it on my taste buds, i get way too petty once you let me do the extras pull up on your block then break it down we playing tetris am to the bm bm to the am phone piss out your per diem you just gotta hate them funk if i quit your bm i still rock mercedes funk if i quit this season i still be the greatest funk my left stroke just went viral right stroke put a baby To it, you and I know, bitch, be humble. bitch, sit down. be humble. bitch, sit down. down. be humble. bitch, sit down. be humble. sit down. be humble. bitch, sit down. Sit down. Be humble. bitch, sit down. bitch, humble. sit down. That nigga thinking that he run no man. Get the fuck off my stage. I'm the man Sem-man. Get the fuck off my dick, that ain't right I make a play, fucking up your whole life. I'm so fucking sick and tired of the Photoshop. Show me something natural, like Afro with your pride. Show me something natural, like ass with some stretch marks Still a take you down right on your mama, couch and polo sock Hey, this shit way too crazy, Hey. From ACA, oh but much just pace me, ay. I don't fabricate it, ay. Most of y'all be faking, ayy. I stay modest about it, ayy. She elaborated, ayy. This that great poop on the Av on that TED talk. Ay, watch my soul speak, you let the meds talk. hey if I kill a nigga, it won't be the alcohol. Ayy, I'm the realest nigga after all. Bitch, be humble. Hold up, bitch. Sit down. Hold up, little, hold up, little, be humble. Bitch, hold up, bitch. Hold up, sit down. Sit down. Bitch, sit down, lo <laughs> he sit down, be humble, sit down, be humble, sit down, sit down, humble, sit down,